Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Tonight is a very special episode where we are sitting down to interview the line manager from Artelsorian Games of Cyberpunk Red, Mr. Jay Gray. Welcome back onto the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yay. So I think I counted earlier. This is your sixth chat here on the Cyberpunk Lorecast. <laughs> Gosh, is it? Wow. Yeah, it has been a while though. I, not, I have not since you, you and Toasty, the two of you took over the show. Uh, I have been busy making games and not not had enough time to talk about making games. Well, that's what this episode's for. You can talk about making games all you want. Oh gosh, now see now my mind's is blank and not gonna be able to think of anything. It's just <laughs> be an hour of dead air. So everyone, go outside. Enjoy nature. Go touch grass. Did you just? Um, did you just yeah. Did you just tell our <laughs> listeners to go touch grass? Yes. That's 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 counterproductive, considering the business you're in. Hugs and trees. You know what? You can you you, t- you take a dice tray outside. You can play. I I've played many a, a game uh, in the splendor of nature. The biggest problem is is when you, the wind picks up and your character sheets start blowing away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have amazing cell phone companion apps to go with it. I've yes. Ooh. And a shout out to the Cyberpunk Red companion app, which you can get on iPhone or Android. I have we it have on it. my phone. Excellent. Yep. I use it for playing because it's so convenient. It is very good. <laughs> Andrew does a great job with it. Oh. Andrew Sheridan is the name of the developer who uh, started off as a fan project and it was so good. He's like, can we make it official? We said, sure. He said, can we, I charge money for the GM tools? He said, for the work you're doing, damn right you can. Oh, definitely. It's it's made character creation a lot easier and it's made, I have like three characters that I have yet to actually play in a campaign yet, but they're ready to go. <laughs> Excellent. Well, now you got to remake them though because you have to get stuff from Black Rome in there. I know. Mm, yeah, that's true. Which, speaking of Black Chrome, that's what we're here to talk about today, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, why don't you start us off, Jake? Like, what is Black Chrome? If you are listening to this show, uh, you will hopefully know that Cyberpunk Red is the uh, current edition of the classic role-playing game of the dark future, of which Cyberpunk 2077 and Cyberpunk Edgerunners are future uh, lore installments of. we had just recently released Black Chrome. Uh, the Chromebooks are in 2020, the Cyberpunk 2020 line, were classic books of stuff in the form of catalogs uh, that your characters could just pick up and shop from. Cyberpunk Red has Black Chrome, which is similar. It is, instead of a catalog, it is an app. Not really, it's not a real app, it's actually a book. But inside the book, it's mocked up to look like an app. So it is an app and a book, which gets really confusing when you talk about the PDF version, which is hyperlinked uh, to hell and back. But it is a book full of stuff, and not just that, but it's also about the economy in 2045, how you get things in 2045, night markets, which are cool, half uh, carnival fair, half black market uh, places you can go, including the fixers who run them, as well as information about uh, expanded rules for lifestyles, and uh, other places, other stores uh, that you can go to, like Oasis, Vendit Machines, which are like vending machines that you, David, uh, or you've seen Cyberpunk 2077 in V's apartment, or um, 100 Under Haven, which is, imagine a dollar store run by an oil company trying to offload all their plastic crap. Because <laughs> in a world where, thing, where, where cars are built on True 2, they're making a whole lot more plastic because they need to do something with all that oil they're dredging up. Uh, so it is a book of stuff and how you get it. And I love, I love stuff. We do. We love the stuff. And I love the fact that you've made it kind of look like a cell phone app on the page because at the bottom of each page, it's like it's a little cart as if you're loading mm-hmm. stuff into your cart. There's even like a battery in the corner and the battery as soon as you're going through the pages it's dying so it's like you, yeah. you're scrolling through you're scrolling through and your cell phone is slowly so or i guess not phone uh what would it it's be an agent it, yeah, it's an agent, agent. Yeah. in cyberpunk red um it would be a holophone in 2077 there is a reason why there are agents in red and holophones in 2077 which we'll uh talk about in a future book i think and the lore behind it but it involves netwatch Oh, uh, but uh, specifically, I should say that Black Chrome is out now. You can get it on Drive Through RPG for twenty dollars. You can buy it from our website, uh, our web store, TalesOrientStore.com, 
that is for forty dollars. Uh, it should be hitting U.S. stores within the next few weeks. Um, I have no idea when this is going out, so our hope, I'll just say we're hoping to see it in stores by the end of March. Uh, international stores, I do not try to predict international shipping anymore. I've stopped. Yeah. Uh, I've learned my lesson. I used to say, a few weeks after that, I have no idea. We've shipped them already to the stores and distributors that have ordered overseas, but who knows when it'll get to them. Uh, if all things go according to plan, this episode should be releasing on... Uh... Uh, March 6th, so, or Excellent. sorry, the 5th on Sunday. Excellent. Uh, a day before we release uh, Interface Red Volume 2 on DriveThruRPG 2, which will be uh, a collection of what we call our DLCs. Those are PDFs, but we put out once a month for free. It'll be a collection of most of the ones from 2021, as well as uh, that we haven't already published in uh, Volume 1, as well as a new bonus article on bioexotics which are mm. uh, what we call furries, people who have biosculpt exotic biosculpting plus cybernetics to make them bring out, uh, make them their, their first sonas as real as possible, or their uh, other kin, if you're more liking to be an elf or a dwarf or an orc or a troll or a mermaid. Oh no, that's not a good thing to tell me when I'm playing a primarily aquatic based character oh well uh, no yeah there is there there are a couple of different aquatic based bioscope packages uh in interface red volume two. Oh man are any of them a shark yes Damn oh. really shouldn't have told me that <laughs> uh, yes. now i'm just here contemplating if my 19 humanity can accept that no (laughs) (laughs) will i do it anyways let's see oh he's whipping out the sources oh yeah i oh you know we get the i get the let's see the here's form like form like from marish aqua form actually it's 22 humanity loss oh yeah mono can't which is not bad considering it comes with I know I'm here to talk about I'm talking about a completely different supplement. It comes with the exotic body sculpting, the combat jaw, which is new. It is exactly what it sounds like. Two cyber eyes with low light infrared UV. Cyber two cyber legs with web feet, gills, and a radar sonar implant. Is there is oh, wait, there no, a I'm sorry, that's the seal that's the seal that's the seal or a dolphin orca. Um or yeah. Oh no, that's this shark and it's available in seal dolphin orca or shark. Mm. Yeah. So, cool. so yes. But Black Rome is a book of stuff. Uh, Interface Red is a book of articles uh, of different types, uh, including the exotic article. Both are available, uh, or will be available by next month, the Monday after this comes out. Should you get it out on time? Oh yeah. Which I believe in you. You can roll a ten on that too. <laughs> I definitely can explode. roll a ten on on episode release dates. We're pretty good on there those. You. There you go. So, what are you most excited about in this book of stuff? Like, there's so much in it, but there's got to be a couple items that stick out for you that are really. Oh, cool. let's see. Let me let me pull out the book and take a look. Um, honestly, one thing uh, I'm going to show you, you, the reader, the listeners can't see it, but I love this picture so much. The you shared that dialogue. one in our uh, the Robots Radio Discord. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Dynalar uh, 
cyber finger enthusiast cyber hand, which is so the way we see cyber fingers is cyber fingers are each each finger has a function. Each cyber finger has a function. Like you have a pen cyber finger and scissor cyber fingers and a lockpick cyber finger and a flashlight cyber finger and so forth and so on. We see them as something that people really get into collecting. Uh, it is, you know, people have to have them all. They have to have the latest model. We, we, so, you know, you can just get the normal five finger cyber hand that will allow you to have five cyber fingers, or you can get the eight finger cyber hand, which is six fingers, two thumbs. And you can get between the two of them, you can get, I think every cyber finger that's in this book on two hands. And that's if you're, you know, you're dedicated, you're the person that has a collection fetish specifically for cyber fingers. That's what we want. I love the art on this. The artist did such a good job uh, and putting this together. They did the fingers first and they put them on the hands. It's beautiful. So that's one of my favorites. Um, I'm gonna uh, pick a favorite from, I love shower in a can. Uh, shower <laughs> in a can. Uh, in, in, in Black Chrome, you'll find three pop-up ads, which overlay on top of the app, uh, so to speak. One of them is Sharon Akan. Sharon Akan comes from 2020. And the idea is it um, deodorizes, it sloughs, it dissolves dead skin flakes on your body uh, and disinfects you so that you don't smell bad. It's like if Axe body spray were functional. <laughs> <laughs> That's the idea behind it. Uh, it comes from Cyberpunk 2020, and we just had to bring it back. But I had fun with it because um, so uh, in addition to being the line manager and a writer on this book, I was a layout artist as well. Mm. Uh, and one of the things I got to do was I got to make these ads and uh, in there are what are called uh, smart objects that you can use in Photoshop, where basically it's I make a graphic and it will figure out how to wrap it around so it looks like a bottle of soda or uh, in this case, a little uh, shampoo spray bottle. And I had a lot of fun designing that. Um, let's see. I love the vermilion linear frame from Wizard Technologies, uh, which is a linear frame that uh, it both increases your speed, uh, sorry, your strength, but also your speed and your climbing, jumping, no, jumping ability. This one's the jumping ability, I think. Yep, balance for jumping. I just want to make sure it increases your jumping, it increases your jumping ability and your speed. Uh, and I just love it because it's this wonderful, sleek, strong thing and it's it connects to the company that made the romanova cyber legs in 2020 which are these great built-in stiletto heel cyber legs that anyone can get and there uh it was always a great picture and there is a gun in here called the tommy knocker uh, it is a pistol with an undermounted shotgun <laughs> and it is absolutely 100 i'll show the picture again so that the audience at home cannot see it uh, it is basically imagine a pistol and then imagine about a foot of shotgun sticking out from under the barrel. Oh, man. And that is the Tommy knocker. And it is absolutely wonderfully 100% ridiculous. Uh, and it's, I love that cyberpunk can do that because cyberpunk likes to make fun of everything. You know, it's half, half the joy of cyberpunk is, is satirizing uh, the real world. And that's just the kind of thing that someone would do for a YouTube video. Oh, yeah. I could also see Ripley and aliens wielding that weapon. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that I mean, it's a shotgun. It it works like a shotgun. If you need a shotgun, it's there. But you know what? There's some better shotguns out there, and there are better pistols. And putting a shotgun on a pistol kind of removes all the benefits of having a pistol. 
Oh. Man, that's something else. Yeah, but there's there's roughly 170 items in this book. Uh, six night markets. The night markets come with maps uh, and stat blocks for their fixers, as well as a nice article on the economy. Tables and charts in the back of the book with summaries of all the items. Um, so we're pretty happy with it. And if you have a PDF, everything's hyperlinked. So if it looks like a button, it works like a button. I've been having fun clicking around, going through it, and finding all the things. Uh, I'm looking at uh, some of the vehicles that are in here, too. Uh, the range trike is just so mm. weird. Like, that... Th why is it a motorcycle with three seats? It just seems so weird looking, but I want it. <laughs> there are motorcycles like that. Actually, from what I understand, uh, motorcycles with three wheels, which the range trike has, uh, tend to be better if the two, we two wheels are in the front and one wheel's in the back. The balance works better, I guess. So not only is it cool, but this one's dangerous because it could flip over on you. Yeah. Well, I've definitely oh. seen those like, yeah, I've seen those ones in real life. Like the the two wheels in the front, like people have them. It's just like, and I think they like two seater even. It's almost like a teeny car that they're just yeah. driving around in. So. And, but yeah, we just we what would a, we just start off with? What would a three seat motorcycle look like without a sidecar? And that's where we get, you know that's where we ended up. And also, it's got a little bit of an ATV vibe on it. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, like. I feel like, I mean, I obviously don't want to just like tell everyone everything, but I mean, like, got to oh, mention the hoverboard, right? Oh, like, you yeah. got to mention the hoverboard. The, the Tansen Jet Boy hoverboard. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's tell, tell us about it. You, you Tell us about your favorites. Uh, I mean, Jen, do you, do you have a few favorites in here? By the well, way, the I, hoverboard is exactly what it sounds like if you're a Back to the Future fan, except for it looks more like a Green Goblin glider. Yeah, I was like, it looks like the Green Goblin glider, and I love that. <laughs> but it is a, it is a, it is essentially a skateboard that hovers up, foot off the ground. Sorry, for me, I interrupted Jen. Oh no, it's all good. Uh, for me, it's all about style over substance. Like that's. That is very cyberpunk to me. And so I love looking through all the new clothes and the new, like, let me wear armor that looks pretty. That's what I like. Um, I love the customization of that. And so looking through the, all the different levels of the fashion items and things like that, I'm loving it. And I love the different body models. It's not just like stock soldier standing they're wearing the armor. Um, the artwork for this is so amazing that it's different body types. It's different body sizes. You've got, it looks like multiple genders here, different races, different everything. So it's a very, well, it's very cyberpunk. <laughs> I don't know Our, how um, to put it. Well, Night City is a is what we call a multicultural city. Uh, if you go through character generation, one of the first things you do is decide where your origin is or the origin of your family is, and it's from literally anywhere in the world, because people from all the world at some point or other have come to Night City to work, to live, to die. They never leave except for in a body bag, but they're there. And uh, our art director, Jay Kovach, uh, it's very important to them to make sure that the, uh, and to us as well, that, that that diversity of population is reflected in our art. Uh, and that shows up because we could have just done all pretty models in mm -hmm. a classic 
pretty model uh, Paris runway sense. But we wanted to do uh, that show that, you know, it's a world where uh, everyone can be exploited. <laughs> and therefore, everyone gets a chance to be the model on the, on the runway, or in this case, in front of the police lineup uh, board. Yeah. I think for me, the one that I lo- I'm liking the most right now is the Mimic clothing kit, because the yes. idea of having, you know, so much protection, but then having it look like whatever I want it to look like for the day. That's my personality type for sure. Yeah, uh, it, it will it'll it'll make some changes. In the end, after a couple of days, you'll realize you're wearing the same thing over and over again because the s- basic shape doesn't change. But you can at least change the color, the texture. You can kind of put a jacket over it. The Mimic clothing kit is nice in that it is programmable fashion, uh, and that is pretty cool. It's sort of like having tech hair in a sweater. Well, I mean, I'm I'm personally, I mean, Jin's already talked about the fashion. I, I love all the fashion stuff. I put, fashion is good. I put a lot style of style over substance. Yeah, I put a lot of detail into that, like with uh, when it comes to like my the the personal game that I do. Um, like I will take the time to go and like find outfits and things uh, for my character to like post pictures, um, <clears throat> with a lot of modifications, of course, because modern modern clothing just doesn't look the same, unfortunately. But it's fine. Uh, but it I, depends I just, on where you're getting the modern clothing. If you have a chance to go to PAX Unplugged, there is a vendor there that sells some very cyberpunk clothing. Also, some really good Assassin's Creed hoods. Ooh, that's cool. I'll have to keep Sorry, that in mind. I, I interrupted. Like, so no. you can find it. You just have to pay through the nose for it. No, you're good. You're good though. But no, I, I just like the I like the weird stuff. Like, I mean, well, one one thing I really liked was the with cyberware that it seems to be a lot of options for. You can get the cyberware, but if you can't afford the good stuff, here's your options. Like the discount, the sponsored cyber eye. That's incredible. Uh, so I do I just just do like the the fun idea of all that stuff. But like I mean, and then some of the weapons, like the unique, like kind of like those like shurikens. Um personally. I'm a real big fan of this boomerang. Uh, the, uh, the the boomerang is great. The boomerang will return to you if you've got the right cyberware, or something installed in a in a smart in a smart glass. Mm. It is really nice. Uh, it will come back right to your hand, and the razors will even retract before it lands in your hand. Oh, yeah. that's a plus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, it's very interesting. I feel like you don't see enough boomerangs as far as like fighting goes in games. So it's great to see it. Um, just like the fun, I the one of the first things I saw the outlet explosive. Mm-hmm. I had so many ideas for that and using that in a game. So thank you for my weird assassination plots that I'm having in my brain. <laughs> you, you are welcome. There's a lot of cool hidden explosives uh there there's the the outlet explosive which looks like a outlet adapter and there's the kill chip which looks like a memory chip uh there's some really nice uh, things you can do and your demolition skill is much more useful after black chrome because several of these are it takes x amount of time to 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 uh put together and make work or you can roll a demolitions roll and 
reduce it down to, I think, like one round because mm-hmm. you're just that good. I I mean, I'll have to start implementing this stuff. One of my characters has very good demolitions. There you go. Oh, man. Well, you already talked about the cyber fingers. Yes, that goes that question. I'm can, sorry. Can I, can, no, it's fine. Can I ask, like, I don't, I don't know if you covered that. You may have. Uh, where did the idea for that come from? Oh, I can't claim. For the cyber fingers, I can't claim credit. They were in 2020. Uh, mm. Not all of these cyber fingers were in 2020, but most of them are adaptions of existing cyber fingers. Uh, so when we're making things, whether we make them for our monthly PDFs or for a supplement like this, uh, there is always a question, how much do we do that's new? How much do we do that's old stuff made, uh, to old 2020 stuff converted for use in red? Sometimes the answer is all of it um, is that, uh, that we've done two 12 days of something must, uh, two holiday uh, last December and the December four. the first one was old 2020 guns converted to red. Last was old cyberware converted to red. Uh, for black chrome, we specifically said, okay, there are going to be some things we want to bring over uh, and there's some things we don't. Uh, and uh, we really, this, the cyber fingers are such a wonderfully ridiculous concept. Uh, that we wanted to we bring them over right away. And so that was that was where the idea came from. Somebody back then, and I can't even say who, I don't know off the top of my head, unfortunately, but one of the old 2020 crew came up with that concept and we just ran with it. Because if you think about it for a second, you know, you got your hand, you got your Wolvers, but you got these these fingers. And wouldn't you want to do something practical? I mean, who doesn't want a lighter in their thumb uh, for when you, you know, have to set something on fire? Who doesn't want a pen you know, we can sign on a tablet these days, but who wouldn't want a pen to pop out of their finger when you need it uh, or a lockpick or a little gun or, um, you know, hand sanitizer? <laughs> I mean, like the the pen would be so convenient. I don't know how many times at work I need a pen and pens just don't exist because it's yes. a workplace. <laughs> you can't lose it because it's in your finger. You know, if you set it down, someone's not going to pick it. You know, no one can pick it up because you set it down or because it rolled off the table and fell behind the, the desk. But is it, it, it refillable it, ink? Because a it, dead it, pen is worse. <laughs> okay. See, now there you go. You you pay. There's the trick. You have to pay three times as much for the for the refill. Now, you can oh. you can go out and get it. Uh, if you are a char- person who's playing a character with a cyber finger uh, pen, ballpoint pen it does have a little ballpoint pen tube that you can pull out and replace with another one when it runs out of ink you can get one for every finger have each a different color and do some art rainbow hands and if i recall the ballpoint pen has no uh, cyber finger has no humanity loss so if you were to get incredible 16 of them each a different color you'd only pay humanity loss for the hands not for the fingers now I gotta make a rainbow hand artist. Oh my god! There you go. Oh dear. I would also allow you to reflavor it as chalk if you wanted to be like a sidewalk artist. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That'd be good. Or you know, even like a, I would, I if I were the GM, I would allow reflavoring to do that, or something like. So I would make the refills actually expensive. You can make them like um 
like marker pens if you want to be a more traditional medium artist. But there's a lot you can do with it. But I can see it. I can see a character who's like, you know, you have to guard this avant-garde artist. They have four cyber arms because they've got the multi the, the shoulder mount. So they have four cyber arms, each with eight fingered cyber hands on the end, and each of those has eight different color cyber pen fingers. That is a great NPC. Let's see. Now you just like, now I'm thinking about the specifics of it. And I mean, the idea of me trying to draw with my, my left ring finger, I don't think yeah. I could do that. Which, well, now, like, yeah, it, uh, it takes a lot of training, so wouldn't it? But it's a very cyberpunk idea, you know. So that's cool. You even maybe get like some, some special custom made chipware to let you, uh, more accurately use all your fingers in a bizarre sort of way. And I guess it'd be different from actual fingers. They don't have that quite that restriction as the awkwardness of our human hands. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause on a cyber hand, your finger would move independently. It wouldn't be one finger moves and the rest of the hand wants to move with it. So that would be cool. Lots, lots of possibilities. Plus, you know what? We don't care about handedness in cyberpunk red. So. Yeah. It's a good that's point. Fun. Yeah. No offhand penalties. Now I'm oh, that's disturbing. See. Oh, what? That is disturbing. That is what is like, that? I don't like that. What see, is that? You can do that. I, I, see, if I try it both my, my pinky. Oh, she, what she's trying to do is put down her ring finger, or she's putting down her ring finger um, to her palm, and her all, all her fingers are, are still staying upright. Whereas if I try to do it, my middle finger and my pinky both want to curl down too. See, I can do it, but my finger's still twitching. She's doing it without the other one. Like this finger still wants to come down with it, but you're not. Yours aren't moving. They're not responding. It looks wrong. It looks wrong. What the heck is happening? All right. Well, what about this? Are you sure you don't have cyber? No. Oh. I'm sorry, dear listeners. I can. This is making great radio. (laughs) Screaming in a horror. Yes, yes, it is. I can move all my knuckles independently. Yes, I'm. Genesis can do some amazing things. uh, Genesis amazingly creepy things with their hands. If you've ever seen like The Exorcist, when (laughs) when uh, the the little girl like crawls around uh, with you know backwards with her back parallel to the floor and her front parallel with the ceiling and is crawling around. It's like that, but with fingers. Hmm. That level of creepiness. Okay. <laughs> I, I, they've just and always called it my claw hands. hands. <laughs> I have exorcist hands. All right. Exorcist I mean, hands. Yeah. That is pretty cool. No, uh, there's uh, one of the great things about Black Chrome, I think, and we've, we just touched on that because we just invented a whole new character, an artist with four, with 32 different colored cyber fingers and that is awesome but you can take a lot of these things and build entire characters around or plot lines around these concepts uh there is for example the world set um uh communications balloon in this which is you know you put it up in the air nomads are, are within a certain distance of a city you can put it up in the air and connect to that city's data pool using this uh this world sat balloon and uh, that's important and you could do a kind of a cool plot line with it. You know, what happens if it's being used for pirate radio, for example, mm. and one of the radio stations wants to shut it down. So you're hired to protect them from uh, the mercenaries being sent out by the radio station who doesn't want the competition or television station who doesn't want the competition or a ziggurat who doesn't like them 
messing with the data pool without being in the city. Or even Netwatch, who dislikes the idea of uh, unlicensed use of a, of, a, of a data pool. So there's, there's cool things. If you, I think there's a lot of things you can look at and say, oh, yeah, that's an idea. That's a storyline. That's the kernel seed of a character or a plot line. Great for GMs, great for characters and players. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of world building in this book, too, uh, with additional maps, additional layouts, additional like NPC characters to throw in that are kind of already prefabbed for people to look at. Or mm-hmm. um, that's one of the things. I mean, it is it is a book of stuff, but there is also additional resources yeah. in it. Yeah, we, we tell we have fluff, what we call fluff, which is the, the lore and the the non the non mechanical rules information for every item. And some of it's just a description of the item, but a lot of it is gives you little things like uh, there's a lot of items here from Sovoil or used by Sovoil, which is uh, a Soviet we've talked about. You guys have done this already. So your listeners will know they're a Soviet uh, petroleum mega corporation mm-hmm. uh, that grew into a much bigger mega corporation doing all kinds of things. And uh, that, there are many items here made by K-Tech or Tektronica Russia or Slam Dance made. And they say, this was, it will start with Silfoil ordered this for, and they'll talk about for putting down dissidents or for fighting rebels or for uh, torturing spies. And so you have this kind of storyline that goes throughout where you can see, oh, well, Silfoil having the problems that Russia always has with its sphere of influence, which is that there are people who don't like being in their sphere of influence. And it's uh, and these are tools that are made to do it. And because there are two Russian companies in Night City, Sovoil and Zarafa, uh, this equipment can sometimes make its way over to uh, to Night City, be it through Nomad transport routes, uh, because as we've intimated before, the uh, uh, Russian mob and the Russian nomads are very tightly intertwined. And so that stuff will go along Russian pipelines uh, for trade or taken from Silvoil caravans. Uh, you know, stuff's kept over to Silvoil, Silvoil takes it out into the Badlands to secure something. Nomads jump them, take the, or, or someone else jumps them, takes the equipment and sells it. Oh, all right. So one, I think I need to apologize then for calling it Sov oil the whole time. I just... It doesn't matter. It's Soviet oil. So soft oil, mm-hmm. soft oil, or soft oil. It doesn't matter. They don't care. They call it something different anyway. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I guess it's it's different in Russian. But I mean, yeah, uh, my brain is just too gets too ingrained in Mass Effect sometimes. So I see sov and I think sovereign. <laughs> you know what? You, I I feel you. Uh, there are times when I'll see things like, oh yeah, that's that is Mass Effect. I still someone had their ring the other day. I'm somewhere. I don't even know where. And I hear that. I hear that. Oh, uh huh. Of a reaper. Someone had it for their ringtone, and my I, I froze because <laughs> that 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 sound still sends chills down my spine. And I'm like, oh god, I'm being chased across the galaxy map, but I have to escape for the game's over. Yep. <laughs> oh, still need to play it. <laughs> uh, yes, play 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 all three. They are wonderful games. Play four. I, I liked Andromeda. I did too. Uh, I prefer the original trilogy, 
but Andromeda is a good game also. But we are not here I, to talk about Mass Effect. No, we're not. That's the Mass <laughs> Effect someone else's lore cast. Yeah, that's ours. <laughs> Which, yes. But um, it is actually good. It, Mass Effect is a good game to play for cyberpunk um, inspiration. Mm-hmm. For example, Novaria which is, uh, I, I hate to spoil this for Toasty, but uh, it is a, I don't think it's too much for it. It is essentially a planet where corporations can go and do whatever they want. And so you get wonderfully unethical experiments uh, and uh, an idea of what it's like when a corporation controls a space instead of a government entirely, mm-hmm. uh, where you have like, you go around and people are literally saying, if I talk to you, I'm get, my pay is going to get docked. And uh, so... Y- you can help somebody smuggle goods in, or you can go to the bar and listen in on conversations. Yeah, Novaria yeah. is very cyberpunk. Oh Novaria my god, Novaria is very cyberpunk. Yeah, um, so that is a very. It, it's you could find a lot of inspiration from Mass Effect for for cyberpunk, uh, and their side quests all make good. You know, with a little tweaking, can make good cyberpunk missions. We have we have a saying: if you're if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair. I do steal a lot of media for games. So. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so so yes, Mass Effect is good inspiration. I recommend it for Cyberpunk players. And there's even space stuff in Cyberpunk. There is some space route, stuff. So. Um, it, it is uh, it, Mass Effect occupies a very interesting space between hard science fiction, where everything is very scientific, and soft science fiction or science fantasy uh, or space opera, where everything's not. Uh, and that. Uh, Everything makes sense fairly well from a physics point of view if you take into account the the unobtainium in the form of of uh, element zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a and I to this day the uh, Isaac Sir Isaac Newton is the uh, deadliest son of a bitch in space line that you can overhear where a a, a, a drill sergeant is explaining to it works with his. Uh, trainees to explain that if you shoot a gun in zero gravity uh, from a ship, uh, ship's cannon, the projectile from that cannon will continue forever until it hits something. So you make sure that you have your targeting solution because otherwise, uh, at some point in the future, that gunshot you just made is going to be someone's very bad day. Yeah. It may not be now. It's a great speech. Uh, Mass Effect 2, when you reach the Citadel, you'll know it the minute you hear it. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what that scene looks like. Oh. Also, the ads in Mass Effect 2, where you can go around the Citadel and they have the bad custom ads. Hello, Shepard. You've been dead. Yeah. <laughs> You've been recently dead. That, that's very inspirational for, for Cyberpunk, where you have you can have situational ads where it will do very bad job of matching you to whatever they're trying to sell. Yep. Oh, now that's actually one of my biggest suggestions for massive for sorry for cyberpunk is if you are in a place that's not a whole a hellhole like a combat zone, and you are not five feet away from advertisement, you're doing something wrong. I think twenty seventy seven does that pretty well. I wish yeah, that no, there were actually- like. I wish the ads were a little bit more personalized, like you said, that would actually like interact with you. Like maybe somehow they're scanning you for at least your name, your ID chip or whatever. So that would be walking around hearing yeah. your name. V- Vincent, I hear that so and so that you oh, need gosh. a shower in a can. Vincent. 
Vincent, it's Vincent. It's been V. It's been yeah. And every time that would be actually cool. And every time they call you a different V name, because so you don't know what what V's actual name is. Valerie, I hear you've recently fired a Rostovic weapon. Oh, you'll need ammunition. You get ammunition from Crazy Owls Ammunition Store. That would be cool. Uh, that's an idea for 2077 too. Yes. Mm. Mm. Oh. All right. Sorry, I'm brainstorming too much. I need to stop. Yes, you're on. <laughs> I'm, not here to, I'm not here to plot games. What you're not doing? here to plot games, though it's cool if you do. So um, <laughs> I would like to say all the artists have done a fantastic job. And if you go to ArtStation or you, if you Google Cyberpunk Red and look at, say, the last week to a month, if you limit your search, um, and you say Cyberpunk Red in art or Black Chrome in art, you'll find a lot of the artists have begun putting up their pieces on art their art stations. Mm. So if you want to see the artists and see their other work, I uh, highly recommend doing so because it is always awesome to see what else an artist has done. And the art in this book is spectacular. That uh, It took a long time to get because it has a lot of art. Almost every piece uh, item in the book has art as well as many other things, chapter headers. Uh, each of the six fixers has an art piece by an artist named Storm Cook. Uh, there are six full 11 by 17 spread maps of those night markets. So it, it took a while to get the art. And so please go appreciate it on the art stations and tell the artists that they did a good job. They will love to hear it. People don't give enough uh, love to artists. Oh, yeah. And the art style uh, has changed so much over all the years. I mean, I remember picking up the first the first ever cyberpunk uh, book that I grabbed. And, you know, it's very thin paper. And you when you're holding it, you can I mean, the artwork is just like nitty gritty and hand drawn feel to it. Um, And then you hold something like black chrome and it it looks shiny and polished in comparison to some of the original original art books but it's just been you feel like that's kind of just been an evolution of art style or is that something that the company has consciously moved towards uh there's a number of factors at work there the first and biggest is that um beginning with uh beginning in the mid 90s to late 90s to early 2000s, uh, especially with uh, D&D 3.0, Dungeon Dragons 3.0, the industry moved away from black and white art to full color art uh, throughout the book. It used to be that you'd have black and white art and you maybe had a, um, a, a an insert here and there, a full color, full page to, to look nice. Uh, the old D&D books were famous for that. Uh, the old AD&D books you'd have uh, all black and white or blue and white or whatever color. And then you would have one color flyleaf page somewhere in there to of a, of a, of a Julie Bell piece or a, a Larry Elmore piece to be nice and to just punch it up. Uh, so the industry moved to uh, an expectation of full color. And uh, the kind of paper you would have uh, black and white art on can't hold color art well. Uh, Oh, the, the paper that was on, you would have um, the old, yeah, I see the Chrome one too. If you were to try to print color on that, it would bleed through horribly. So you'd just see through it on the other side and it would get, the the the, the ink would 
smear a bit on the edges, it wouldn't look very good. So what you get is a little better paper quality. So that's why the paper is thicker and uh, a little glossier in uh, the modern cyberpunk books than they are in the old, in the old ones. And it's just, you know, it, we're making, I don't want to say a premium product, but we're making you know, a book that a lot of people are getting. They're expecting full color. We do that. And then, you know, art is this. And you're right, the uh, older art is a lot of you know, either line art, because black and white lends well to line art, or to uh, shaded art, uh, which it does to that as well. And we, um, uh, as we got to color, we have a chance to get more complex. A lot of artists are out there now. It's easier to get to those artists. Um, a lot of our artists aren't from the U.S. They're from Europe. They're from South America. They are from Asia. They are from Australia, New Zealand. Uh, because of the internet, we can reach more artists, which means a wider art pool. So it used to be that if you wanted a full color piece, a really nice full color piece, you went to Julie Bell, you went to Larry Elmore, you went to a handful of artists to do that level. And now there is a wider variety. They've always been out there. It's just you couldn't access them before because your only way to communicate with them was by mail um, or by telegram or by phone call. And now with the internet, we can say, we uh, literally, uh, an art, my art director will say, uh, Jay Kovach, oh, look at all those books, it's wonderful. Jay will say, hey, um, artist XYZ, can you do this piece uh, by the end of the month? And she'll give them the art script, uh, which we lovingly prepare. And uh, within a month, we will have a full color thing where that kind of thing with, and this artist is in say, Malaysia. Mm. Uh, where before, if we were trying to do that, it would have taken months upon months upon months per piece uh, and been much more expensive. Uh, I don't want to say we underpay artists because we don't. We try to pay a fair value for everything we do. But um, because there's a wider pool of artists available, it isn't uh, as expensive as it used to be to get that one full. Because basically, back in the day, if it was full color, it was a cover piece. The cover pieces run a much higher percentage, uh, two to three times what a basic interior uh, piece even today costs and now we're able to get that for you know a, a decent price that we can afford because you know the truth is there's an old saying how do you make a a, a small fortune in role-playing games you start with a big fortune <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh we uh, uh, cyberpunk red has sold very well we're very excited about how well it's sold but um, at the same time we are not dungeons and dragons we are not selling millions upon millions of copies all over the world yeah uh, we are still a small company so we work hard. Oh, you got the Witcher books too. So as we're talking, Genesis is showing me all her wonderful books. And mm -hmm. it's very cool to see. It's always wonderful to see people uh, have our books. Um, I'm always happy to see shelfies, which is like a selfie you take of your shelf of books. Oh, uh, on it's social a whole media. room. Yes. So if you ever want to, you ever want to tag uh, our social media accounts on Twitter, with uh, and show us what our books on your shelves or our books in your local store. We will be happy to look at it and say, oh, thank you. We're so glad. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Jay works hard. Jay has a philosophy of what the art is supposed to look like. Uh, the art is supposed to be diverse. The art is supposed to show not just fight, 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 but also what just the world is like, which means showing everyday life. Uh, there is a wonderful picture in the core rule book at the beginning of the chapter, I believe called everyday life. Uh, of a of a, a father and a son just doing dishes, and the father is 
ripped. He's got a he's got a internal linear frame beta. Sorry, no, he has internal linear frame sigma, which is the lighter of the linear frames. And you can tell because you can see the you can see what we call expansion lines, where the skin had to be uh, essentially opened up and reinforced with metal to make room for the linear frame underneath. Linear frame is like an endoskeleton for those of you who don't know. Uh, but it's just it's a wonderful just moment, and uh, we want to show that that cyberpunk is a world where everyday life happens and really cool bitching at you happens too. Oh, and now I'm gonna get lost going through all these books again because yeah. they're fun just to go through, but they're also really happy. and they are. Um, so. Tales of the Red, which is the book we put out for, for the street stories as our adventure guide, that was fun too because we got to be very specific. Um, in a lot of cases, it's kind of general. So we just need a piece of the world like this. Tales of the Red is an adventure book, which means all the art is specific to the adventures that's in. You know, we need this character to look like this. We need, and so our art script's like, here's the character. Here's what the character looks like. Here is character skin cone skin tone and hair color and eye color here's the character here's a whole separate section as to what cybernetics the character has here's reference pictures as to what that cybernetics looks like on other characters so you know what to make it look like here's their clothes you know we can't just say put them in a pair of jeans and a button-down shirt we've got to say you know it's cyberpunk which means chances are it's not a it's not a uh, tab collar it's tab collar it's a it's a square collar uh, mm. just to make it look a little more futuristic so we have to think about those things. And it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to make very specific art for these adventures. Uh, and uh, it, it's always fun. Uh, these days, uh, first, and we did the same thing for Black Chrome. All the stuff was items. We learned. I learned a lot about describing guns. <laughs> I bet. Um, when I was writing art scripts for Black Chrome. Uh, and, uh, but sometimes it'll be this wonderful. We'll go through. Um, there's a lot of this at the core. Uh, Jay will go through our stations to say, oh, wow. That's a great piece. That feels cyberpunk. And then she'll contact uh, the artist and she'll say, you know, we would love to buy that piece. And if they agree, we say, now, can you like here where there is just these words, we'd like this corporate logo. And so it becomes that. So we work with existing art, uh, but more and more we have commissioned art specific. And it's a lot of fun. That was a ramble. I'm sorry. No, you're no. good. Rambles are the best. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the thing is, like, obviously, it's with the, like, as you just said, with, like, it's just kind of how the times evolved with, like, the art or whatever. But it definitely, like, feels, I think, more fitting with, like, the difference in the editions and how the feel of, like, 2020 was as opposed to how, like, Cyberpunk Red feels or, like, you know, Red is much more, like, I don't know, colorful and hopeful setting as opposed to, you know, 2020, which is very dark and like dank in its its feel. I, th I think and that's the interesting thing is in a way, red should be worse, shouldn't it? Because you're still recovering from a from a horrible world. What was essentially World War Three? Uh, mm -hmm. Things are bad. There's no Internet. You're lucky you have a city net. Uh, global travel is there, there's a there's a supply shortage of everything. But at the same time, uh, people have a, a lighter boot on their neck because the corporations are still rebuilding. They have a better they have a chance of making something, of making a life, of doing something. It's hard work, but it's po more possible. Uh, they're not stuck in that same rut. So there's there's it's it's a worse world in a way. 
on a global scale, but it's a better world on an individual scale. And that's a lot of fun. And that, that's reflected, I think you're right, that reflects in the art. Um, and also you'll see, uh, when we come to richer areas or richer characters, we have a lot more colors, for mm. example. Um, there's more color, there's more brightness. When it comes to you know your more traditional cyberpunk things like you would see in Blade Runner with cramped locations or low city uh, uh, areas, uh, you tend to have less color. Um, though, or, or the color comes in pops as opposed to being this wide palette. There's individual, the, the cover of the core rulebook's a good example of that. It's it's a lot of muted colors, except for this, these pops of blue on the focal character whose name is Siete, um, or the gang colors on the back of a ganger's jacket, um, or the very blurry neon in the in the background of the city itself. But other than that, it's a lot of darker or muted colors because it's this dirty, uh, crowded streetscape. And the color, but if you go in and there's a picture of a woman in a very fancy dress with a poodle, I think, or a Pomeranian uh, leaning against a car. Uh, and the car is bright and colorful. The woman's dress is bright and colorful. Her hair is bright and colorful. There's grass. Um, uh, so, you know, if you, it, which is just color, like everything else, is something you can have more of if you're rich. Mm -hmm. And so it comes through in the art. No, I definitely, I definitely get that. I do that with one of my characters, so <clears throat> it's fun. All right. I think we only have about two more questions left on our list. And one of them okay. being, if there was one item that you could take from Chrome and get in real life right now, no humanity oh, loss. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. What oh, gosh. Been? Oh, and now I'm on the spot. Any item I could personally have? Yeah. In black Chrome, yeah. Oh man, you know I'm tempted to go for one of the vehicles because those things are expensive, and I could love <laughs> I would love to own a vehicle outright. I mean, that's not like 20 years old. That would be I mean, really nice. Um, who wouldn't want the green goblin glider? I mean, let's be honest there. Oh, uh, that post. would be nice. I think though, uh, it would have to be. I would want. Um, I would want. I'm flipping through the book. I can't drive a motorcycle, so that doesn't help. It has to be something I can actually use. Um, mm -hmm. I would want the Makagai Ebi, which uh, Makagai makes the Mai Mai in 2077, or the Mei Mei. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Uh, it is a tiny little car you can drive on the sidewalks mm -hmm. in the game. Uh, I think it's one of the first cars in the game you can buy. This is a uh, ancestor of that car, the Ebi, which I believe means crab in Japanese. Uh, and it's a tiny little car. It's actually a four-seater, but a very crandable seater. It's adorable, and it says hello and goodbye as you enter and exit the car. Aww. And it would be fun to have that car. Um, actually, on the other hand, they probably don't have airbags in the dark future. Uh, I would be surprised if they had seatbelts. So maybe not having a car for this book is a good idea, and maybe... Maybe I'll just take shower in a can because it sounds like it'd be really useful at conventions. Just <laughs> give out shower in a can to everybody. Oh man, yeah, yeah, probably. Actually, you know what would be cool is the One Touch Habitat, which is a tent that sets itself up and takes itself down. Oh, camping would be so much nicer, and also has air conditioning and heating. Camping would be so I much might, nicer. In that 
I might be convinced to touch more grass if I had exactly. a tent like that. <laughs> yeah. Also, also cyber fingers. Yeah. I was about to say, like my my joke answer is the the ballpoint pen cyber finger. <laughs> no, I, I'll I, never I, not have a pen. <laughs> I would take. I would take. Yeah, I would take the five. I would take the five finger cyber hand and get some cyber fingers. There's that'd be really useful to have. Never always having a pen would be nice because I am. I think I I went out and bought some uh, the other day because I couldn't find any in the house again. What would the other four fingers be though? Oof. You know the wire cutter slash scissor cyber fingers. Very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always you know having to cut things, so that would be nice. You know, use them in the kitchen. Use them. Use them when I'm wrapping presents. Just zip, zip, zip. that would be nice. Oh my. The scissors always go missing when you are wrapping presents, even though you yeah, just put right. them right there. <laughs> and to go with that, you get the ta- you, it's not in the book, but you get a tape dispenser, Cyberfinger, and that way, when you're wrapping presents and the tape gets lost underneath all the all the extra little wrapping paper bits that you can't use to wrap presents, and then you can't find the tape, you always have oh. the tape. That'd be nice. I think uh, I'd so have to like- go laser pointer in order to mess with my cats. Laser pointer would be nice. Actually, that would be very useful for. I would be pointing at things all the time. What over there? I tell my daughter. You know, when I tell my daughter, she needs to pick something up or do something. No, over there. And I would point, and the laser pointer would. That would be great. So many options. Honestly, it comes down to. uh, I would pick for practical reasons, whatever it is, or relatively practical reasons of what I want, because there's so many things that can make day-to-day life just easier. The flashlight. Flashlight would be a good one too. Right, right. You know, Jen, what, what would you take? I have to ask. We should yes. go around. Oh, yeah. um, other than the cyber fingers, with the with the handy actual like real life tools, um, I was looking at the motorcycle that uh, has a dome over it, so that way the when Tron you're yeah. riding, yeah, the Tron the, bike, the Highway Master Artemis, the Tron bike, yes, yeah. Uh, I think because I live in Portland and it rains a lot. So if I could have windshield wipers on a motorcycle, that'd be very, very helpful. That would be. And that comes with like heads up display on the, on the inside of the glass too. So you can have your little holographic modules, which you get real and really expensive real cars now. Yeah. Projected Mm. onto the windshield. That's cool. I've driven one of those before. They are interesting for sure. I, I still have trouble adapting to the idea of a rear view camera on a car. I was like, I still tur- I'm turning around like, oh, wait, I don't have to turn around to look as I'm backing up because I got a camera right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still look because I'm convinced the camera has blind spots, but. Uh... I, I was going to, I was going to say the Tron bike over here, but no, so I you're still allowed to different. No, 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 different. no, no. I got to do something different now. Could be different. Honestly, I'm trying to think which one would probably be probably the Vermilion linear frame. It probably like considering considering what I do for a living and the fact that my body is breaking down more and more every single year. <laughs> having one of those would probably be super useful for just everyday life stuff. Yeah doing labor <laughs> yeah and and and, and uh, 
the external linear frames, which are like the exoskeletons you wear as opposed to the ones you get implanted, that's a lot of what they're used for um, in the cyberpunk world is manual labor, uh, construction, uh, warehouse workers, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I feel like I think the Vermilion with the stuff that they have probably uh, the most beneficial. It even makes me faster. Yes. They have skate uh, feet. <laughs> they don't actually have skate feet. They make you move as if you had skate feet rules-wise, which means essentially they allow you to run essentially twice as fast as you normally would be able to. I mean, that that's, that's still useful. It's super yeah. useful. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And I just found the gun that I'm going to pick up. So is I'm it Sandro, Is it the Sandro Hello Cutie? How did you know? <laughs> Because that's the best gun in the book, the Sanro Hello Cutie uh, KT8, mm-hmm. K8. Yeah, uh, Ultra K8. The, it, Ultra K is a pink uh, gun that is both a, uh, a heavy or a very heavy pistol uh, and a uh, submachine gun, depending on us. And uh, it's it's nice and it says wonderful. It talks to you and and encourages you and it's it's a great gun. It's it's um so Sanro obviously is a is a uh, parody of and the Hello Cutie is a parody of a certain Japanese icon, mm-hmm. uh, but there is a line of guns that they make, and they're all cute pink cosplay guns. And so there's this, there's the Micro Cutie, which is uh, available in a fifty cent supplement on Drugs RPG called Microchrome. Uh, that is a gun with a hyper burst mode. Oh. Uh, and then we just introduced in Black Chrome Plus, which was the DLC for this month, uh, the One True Love, which is a sniper rifle that, after you kill ten people with it, uh, it has a it has an artificial intelligence built into the it built into it. And after you kill ten people with it, it bonds with you and becomes an excellent quality sniper rifle, but only so long as you treat it well and it doesn't think you're cheating on it. <laughs> with another sniper rifle, that's incredible. I didn't even. I didn't notice this thing in our friend because we uh, we use Hello Cutie guns in uh, the, my private game, my personal yeah, so game. There, yeah, there's now three fully standard out Hello Cutie guns in the game. Mm. It even giggles when you reload it. Okay, I need because you're tickling it. it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Well. I know what I'm getting next yeah. for that character because I appreciate things that give me boosts to wardrobe and style. Yeah, and, and it gives you yeah, coolest. it gives you a bonus to wardrobe and style if you're wearing at least three pieces of Asia pop fashion. You could do that for sure. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I think uh, before we wrap it up. We have to ask. Um, yes. Any hints? Any hints at what might be coming up next after Black Chrome? Uh, sure. Uh, well, I already mentioned Interface Red Volume Two. Uh, after that is Danger Gal Dossier. Danger Gal is a detective agency in the cyberpunk universe, run by uh, Michiko Sanderson, whose maiden name, uh, or I should say, birth name, maiden's kind of outdated these days, uh, is Arasaka. Oh, she is specifically uh, uh, the emperor's granddaughter, or Severu, the emperor of Arasaka, 
not the actual emperor of Japan, uh, his granddaughter. Uh, she is uh, an American citizen, uh, thanks to her father, uh, Kei, who was uh, running the American branch of Arasaka when, you know, Spider Murphy forced him to soul kill himself. Uh, and she runs a detective agency, which is uh, kind of vaguely anime themed. It's like, what if Scooby-Doo were anime and a detective agency uh, and a little bit Charlie's Angels? Uh, and so Danger Girl Dossier will be what we call, a, I, I jokingly call it a monster book. It'll be an NPC book full of uh, different factions, Maelstrom, NCPD, uh, Sixth Street, Danger Gal, Piranhas, uh, who are a party gang, uh, and several others, uh, Tiger Claws. And then there'll be, uh, within those factions, uh, about three to 10 NPCs each uh, with biographies and stat blocks. They will be at different levels. So some of them will be uh, what we call MOOCs, which are low level NPCs kind of designed for uh, mob attacks. And some will be all the way up to bosses, which are like, you need your whole party to take them on. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea being that you could take these characters as individuals and bring them into your game, or you could take them as templates and say, okay, I need a Maelstrom MOOC. Here's three Maelstrom MOOCs. I can just duplicate them and have like five of each right? Uh, and use their stat blocks and not worry about who they are. But but that, that they'll be different from, say, Bozo MOOCs or NCPD MOOCs because they'll have different equipment, different cyberware, different skill sets. That's what's next. Uh, I don't have a date for that yet. Uh, we are aiming for later this year, uh, so it will be same year. And then next month, we have a DLC coming, which will take uh, a uh, YouTube GM, a cyberpunk GM we're very fond of. We're going to give him the reins. He's going to write about some of his favorite house rules and his philosophy on running games. And after that, we're going to look at street sports, or a street sport specifically. Uh, and those will be out free in March. Sorry, April is, April is not the street sport. May is the street sport uh, in, in March and May. But something special for April. Uh, we always put out something cool in April. Uh, and these will be free from our website. There are, by the way, over 20 free PDFs on our website. You can go to rtelsorientgames.com and to the DLC slash uh, download section and get them all for free. Everything from bicycles to weather. Oh, and of course, we will put those links to the websites um, and where you can purchase the, the books that we've talked about today um, will all be in the episode description. Uh, wow. I I am excited. I love looking at new gear, new items, new backgrounds. Um, I think a monster manual is a great idea. Um, and, and Cyberpunk, the monsters are people. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it just... That's what it is. I have to say the single baddest-ass monster of a character we've ever created is going to be in this book. And it's going to be fun to see parties get to our border. Maybe we'll be surprised and they'll they'll have a easy time with it. But hopefully not. Hopefully this will be like the dragon of the game for a while. Ooh. That makes me worried. Yes. Yeah. But um, in like that good way. Yes. I mean, I obviously have a guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, have, I'll have a lot of fun seeing. I've, I've enjoyed watching the reaction of people with Black Chrome out for almost five days now because it came out on Monday. 
I've enjoyed watching the reaction of people as they poured through it and talked about it and dissected it and tried to figure out why we do things and how they would change things. We love it when people house rule their games. Uh, we make our games to be house ruled because we believe that every table is different. Every table needs to be customized. Um, so it's been a lot of fun seeing people do that. I'm looking forward to seeing people do it. Danger Gal. Uh, that's one of the best parts of the fact that I'm both line developer and media ambassador is I get to watch in real time as people react to our stuff. And it's so much fun. Never be afraid to tell me, and by me, I mean our social media, what you think of something or what you enjoy or your about your favorite character. We have so much fun uh, listening to how much fun you are having playing our games. It motivates us to keep making stuff. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, I think we are all set. Toast, you got any other questions or wrap up things? Uh, I don't think so. It's been a pleasure. Love talking about this stuff with you. Um, talking with you again in a very purposeful meet, yes. uh, way this time rather than the accidental conversation we had before. Oh, so. it's been a lot of fun. Everybody, this is a fun podcast with some good hosts, and they deserve for you to go onto your podcatcher of question and leave reviews. Please do so. You get Aww. tell your GM if you tell your if you leave a review, you can tell your GM that I personally said that they have to give you ten more uh, improvement points for your character. All right, ten improvement points on the you character. You heard it from Jay I, Gray. If you give a five star <laughs> rating and review, I'm, on you know, I'm, I'm going to say an honest review. I think it's worth five stars, but I would never tell someone to. I would never personally tell someone to do that. But you know what? I think that it's definitely worth it. All right. Honest reviews will get you 10 points. <laughs> there you go. I'll, I'll take it. Well, I mean, you mentioned you mentioned letting people know uh, or, or talking to you on uh, social medias and stuff. You want to go ahead and let them know where they can find those particularly? Um, the easiest one is on Twitter where we are at our Talzorian Games, T-A-L-S-O-R-I-A-N-R in the front games afterwards. Uh, that's the easiest one. We have a Discord where uh, conversation about Cyberpunk, about Witcher, about our other games, Mekton, which is Giant Robots, Castle Falcostine, which is Steampunk, and Teenagers from Outer Space, which is anime comedy, uh, happen every day. Uh, if you want to join our Discord, please just call out on Twitter or another place, and I will be glad to send you a link. Uh, we are on Instagram at Artelsorium Games as well. I will admit I don't keep up with Instagram as much as I should. But uh, these days, Twitter's the big one. And then the Discord is where I am every day. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm, yep. nice. You can find mm. me in that Discord as well. Uh, I lurk in there. Don't post too much, but I hang you, out. You're going to have to toss that one my way. I don't, I'm, I'm not in that one. You can come and talk. There's some cool Witcher stuff coming way down the line. Uh, not too way down the line, but we've got we, we've got some cool Witcher stuff that we'll be announcing later this year. Oh, I mean, I I love seeing it. I still have not I still have yet to find a group to play Witcher with, but one well, day I believe in myself. <laughs> I believe in you too, and you know, come come to Gen Con. We'll be running Witcher games. I'm sorry, I'm poor. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> 
Well, if if you can if you can if you can swing airfare and hotel, kind of Gen Con will pay for your badge if you run games. You know, mm-hmm. so you can save like a couple hundred dollars. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. By well, the way, everyone listening, that's the secret to Gen Con free badges is every company's desperate to find people to run games for them and usually puts out an open call somewhere along the lines and uh, to find uh, people to run. And if you run a certain amount of games, they'll pay, they'll, they'll comp you your badge. Very nice. I've gotten a free badge for the Portland Retro Gaming Con because I hosted a panel on there uh, for nice. my other show. Uh, we did we do video game romance analysis, and so oh yeah, That's nice. I I I love me a good visual novel. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not just the visual novels. Like we do character analysis of like Liara, or we've done Pan Am. We've done the cyberpunk romances. Um, all that different stuff and then this weekend actually like i'm leaving tomorrow afternoon heading up to seattle for emerald city comic-con oh emerald city's nice i've heard great things about that don't know much about it but i've heard the name before which is significant for me so (laughs) i get to go meet jennifer hale on saturday (gasps) oh jealous yeah, so much. I, I I have met Mark Muir. He is a wonderful person. Yeah, he's nice. I would love. To, I mean, she doesn't. She's like, from what I understand, she is basically has absolutely nothing to do with geek culture beyond being a voice actor herself. But I would love to see Jennifer Hale play something. That would be amazing. Yes. Agreed. All right. Um. Well, thanks so much for being on the show here, Jay, with us, and hope to have you back in a couple of months after the next detective book comes out, because that would be great, and we can chat all about it all over again. I would enjoy that very much. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Toasty and I will do our normal plugs here in a few minutes, dear listener, uh, (laughs) while we get the rest of this show wrapped up. Toasty, that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about a book that I've read already, uh, but just listening to Jay talk about some of the details and the little hidden things in there that I didn't notice, that was really cool. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, uh, I've been excited about this book for, I mean, I don't even know how long, because we've known about Black Chrome coming out for a while. But mm-hmm. to finally see it uh, and how much stuff's in it, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to to get to use it in games. Definitely. Uh, I think your cyberpunked character is going to get some upgrades for sure. And then, of course, in your personal game, I think you've got a whole route. I want Sharp Shot to get that sniper rifle and just have the true love relationship that those two deserve. I'm going to have to tell them about it. I'm going to have to, to let them know. Uh, I mean, I would love to get some upgrades. Is it smart right now? Nah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But, you know, it's okay. I got all my personal game characters, which for some reason in those games... I refuse to make them lower than like seven empathy. So like I got plenty of room to spare. 
So yeah. we'll see what happens. So please, everyone, if you are interested at all about um, the cyberpunk role-playing game, the Black Chromebook is going to be a great supplement to what you are already playing with. Or even if you find it in your local store while you're out looking for other gaming stuff, um, just flipping through it, looking through the artwork, and just really getting an overall feel for all the good cyberpunky goodness. I am losing my train of thought. I've had so much going on in my brain today. I need a cyberware upgrade uh, for sure. Maybe a direct caffeine line. Is there a direct caffeine line? There's got to be. Or I'll start getting Probably. some air, air hypo stims. I need air hypo stims. Yeah, you can get the air hypo the cyber air hypo finger, finger, finger now. So you're good to go. Direct <laughs> good caffeine to... right into the temple. <laughs> oh. That I won't sleep for days after that, and that sounds intense. Um, but we will let our lovely listeners go for now until next week. Um, if you would like to hear more from me, you can, of course, find me on the Two Girls, One Ship podcast, where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. Uh, and we have covered all four of the cyberpunk romances on there. Uh, had a lot of fun talking with uh, Toasty about Judy N7 Legend about Pan Am, uh, Captain Shanko about River, and I should have interviewed myself about romancing Carrie because I love that man. Other than that, yeah. where can the people find you? Well, I mean, uh, I do the Witcher lore cast uh, as well, if you're into the Witcher at all. Um, and then you know, you're listening to this because you like cyberpunk. So why not go check out this cyberpunk red actual play podcast, cyberpunk, cyberpunk apostrophe D uh, that uh, I am a part of with the fumbling for an almighty crit gang. Um, and we'll quite possibly in future episodes be seeing some of the things that we see in this book today. So, you know, is if you want to see him in action and, uh, more than likely you will see that over there. That sounds great. And of course, we shout out Miracle of Sound at the end of every episode because he generously allows anybody to use his music. We use bits from Neon Red, the cyberpunk synth instrumental version. Uh, so go check out Miracle of Sound wherever you can find him. And of course, follow Jay Gray and our Telsorian games all over the interwebs. Uh, we will have links to all of that in the description. So check that out if you are looking for people to follow. And while you're out there, stay safe in Night City. Vault Dwellers, join me, Jax's sassy lady Romer, Eric, and the creator Maverick as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. 
We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.